0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Uh, great to have you with us. Who's seen that movie, uh, I Am Legend? Well, it's not a confessional. You can say a A lot of the ladies would have seen that. You know, Will Smith's in it. Um, well, it's actually, um, it's, it's actually got quite a gospel message to it. When you think about it, uh, we know that uh, the movie portrays a virus that has come into the world and turned humanity into animals. If you've seen the movie, that's what happens, this virus, and they mutate into a type of a an, an animal creature, uh, very similar to what, you know, sin has done to God's creation. Now, Will Smith is a scientist in the movie, and he... Uh, he Um, dedicated his life to finding a cure for this virus. Now, when he does, in the movie, he eventually sacrifices his life so that the cure can reach um, those who survived and, of course, save humanity. Now, he didn't raise from the dead, nothing like that, but he was the bearer of salvation to the world. And I looked at that, you know, this I just came into my head this week and I I've titled this message this morning I am Christian. Because a Christian has the same mandate. Amen. A Christian has the same mandate to be the bearer of a salvation message to all mankind. A message That can destroy the chains that keep people captive. A message that can replace hopelessness with hope. Amen. Many of us have experienced that. A message when applied, listen to it, when applied can change the future of generations for the good. That's the truth. Jesus said in Mark 1.15, he said, The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The good news. And I can tell you from personal experience that this gospel works. It works. It really does. I'm not saying it's always easy to apply it. But when you do, it's guaranteed to work. There's no question about that. And not just for myself, but, but for all the people in my world. But sadly, it only benefits people who get to hear it, who get to receive it, who get to believe it. I've said this before, you know, there's, there's not a lot of bad people in the world. But there are many who don't have a better way because they've never heard of one. It's up to every Christian to take the gospel message to their world. But before you do that, you need to, you know, we need to, together, I guess, ask some questions. The first question I want to ask today is, is, you know, do we belong to a club or are we building a kingdom? Matthew 4, 17, Jesus said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's what makes this question so relevant. Do we belong to a club? Are we club members here today? Or are we building his kingdom? It's the old age adage between religion and Christianity. See, the Jews were happy to practice their religion. They knew the rules, and you know, as far as they were concerned, they were the chosen, they were the only ones that mattered, and They were very exclusive. Peter told them in Acts chapter 10, verse 28, he said, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Now, you've got to know this was a a mind-blowing revelation for Peter, a guy that had been brought up in the Jewish faith who was taught right from a very young age, you know, you're God's chosen, you know, you don't associate with anyone outside of the Jewish faith. And now he gets this revelation of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God that is far bigger than any small cluster of religious I had this shock revelation in looking at this this week. And I thought, you know, before we condemn the Jews too much, are we guilty of the same thing? Is Highway my religious club? Or base camp for building his kingdom? We all must answer that question. Am I so thankful for this life-changing message that has done so much for my life, but really I'm not bothered to share it with anyone who desperately needs it? Folks, you only got to look around the world to see that there are denominations that are dying out. They're literally dying out because they sat back and they bunkered down in the clubhouse. But that's not our story, amen? That's not our story. We are called to build the kingdom of God. That's the call upon us. We are privileged to carry this life-changing message of hope to a world that so desperately needs it. The second question I want to ask this morning is, are we set or are we fluid? Matthew 18, 3, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And the key word in that passage is the word change. Change. This this was the greatest challenge for the Jews. The greatest challenge, they were so set in their thinking. They were so set in their thinking, they didn't even have to think about it. It was traditional. They had their rituals. They had their traditions. And they grew up in that, and that was it. That mentally blinded them so bad that even when the Messiah, the promised Messiah that they had waited for for thousands of years, was right before them. They couldn't even recognise who it was. They were so set, so locked in. Even today, they're waiting for the Messiah. And men, they're missing out on a lot. Because he's awesome. He is awesome. Jesus taught us this way in Matthew nine seventeen. It says, neither do you pour new wine into old wineskins. If you do, the skins will burst. The wine that will run out and, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, pour new wine into new wine skin, and both are preserved. We cannot be a people that are set in our ways because the kingdom of God is constantly moving. moving. It's constantly moving forward. Constantly. We've got to keep fluid, keep with the flow of what God is doing, keep moving forward in our relationship with God. See, as soon as we sit back and think, hey, we're it, we got this, we start to go backwards immediately. We start to lose it, we start to decline immediately. We get that thinking that we're set, we got this. No keep moving forward. I've got to tell you, you know, I've been a Christian nearly 40 years now. Some of the things I believed at the beginning, I don't believe now. I don't believe now. I so, say, well, how, well how, can, how can you say that? Because the more you grow, the more you learn, the more you keep fluid, keep moving forward, keep connecting with God, the more experience you have in God, you see another facet of the diamond and another facet of the diamond, and another facet of the diamond. I mean, who are we to think that we could contain God in our box of thinking? We've got to constantly be open to move forward, to keep fluid, to keep growing in God, keep progressing. Don't be like that old wineskin, you know, the, the new stuff comes and, you, and just you burst, you explode. Can't take this. This is not how we used to do it. Thank God. (laughs) So we're moving forward. We're progressive. God needs you. He has a purpose and a a direction for your life that will affect all those people around you. Because the third question today is very important. Are we fence posts or signposts? you know my saying, you can't put brains in a fence post. <laughs> Are we fence posts or sign posts? Have you ever driven through the country, ever gone, you know, on a country drive and you're out on this sort of one-lane road and there's, there's miles of fence, miles and miles of fence. You know, it just goes on forever, but very few sign posts. Have you noticed that in the country? Of course, country people know where they're going. They don't need them. But when you go out there, it's like I'm in the middle of nowhere here. I need a signpost. I remember I remember a few years ago, I, I had to do a wedding out in the hinterland somewhere. I don't know where these couples find these places. I've got to tell you. A barn in an old orchard or something stuck somewhere no one's even heard of. So I like to get there early. I don't like to get there sort of flustered and... You know, I like to be prepared, ready to, you know, do the marriage ceremony. And I'm driving on this one lane road out there. And uh, I'm driving there for a long time. <laughs> and I'm starting to panic a little bit thinking, am I on the right road here? I don't know where I am. I don't know this territory. I don't know this road. And I've got a wedding to do in like half an hour. And then all of a sudden, there's a signpost. And it's like, oh, yes, thank you. I needed that signpost. You know, that's, that's how the world lives every day. They live with that anxiousness just under the surface, because they're not sure where they're going. They're not sure about their future. And many are, are fearful because, quite frankly, they, they have no hope. More than, than ever before in the history of our country, our, our young people are destroying themselves. Because of hopelessness and fear has got a grip on our community, on our nation, on our planet. Uh, fear has done that, and and it's it seems to be something that reoccurs regularly, at least throughout my lifetime. In the fifties, you know, it was the you know uh, the Russians were going to drop the atom bomb. You know, kids were taught in schools how to get under a desk and protect themselves from an atomic bomb. That sounds brilliant, doesn't it? like a desk is going to protect you from an atomic bomb. So it was that whole fear that, you know, any time we could have a nuclear war. Then there was the ozone layer. Who remembers the ozone layer? You know, that was going to fry us all up. That's going to fry us up. Then we had, what what was the next one? Global warming. Till winter came. (laughs) (laughs) And today we've got climate change, which you can't argue with because, You've got four seasons a year. <laughs> so it's going to change. Can't argue with that. Now, I don't know whether you're left or right on those things. It's not the point. What it does, it generates fear. It generates fear where we get teenagers, kids, you know, crying their eyes out with no future, no hope, because the planet's going to do what the planet's going to do. Amen. They need a signpost, folks. They need a signpost, not a fence post, a signpost that will point them in the right direction and say, listen, God's got this planet. We've got to be stewards of it. We've got to do the right thing. We've got to look after it. But he's got it. Don't fear. Don't get caught up in all that and be robbed of what God has for your life. They don't need a fence post, they need a sign post. John 14, 6, Jesus answered. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a good message. Luke 4, 18, 19, this is what Jesus said. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Everybody needs to hear that message. Everybody needs to hear that message. And folks, you're the only ones that have got it. The RSL aren't speaking this. Any other organisation or club on the planet, they're not speaking this. Christianity is the only ones who have this message. It's the truth. Doesn't mean we're better than anyone else. It just means that we've got this message and it is the best message. Everything they need is right here. All they need is is you to point them in the right direction. All they need is for you and me to be their signpost. I mean answer these three questions for yourselves, but we're not a club, we are a kingdom. Yeah. We're not set, we are fluid. We're not fence posts, we're signposts that point people to the answer, which is Jesus, which is Jesus. Now, I've got to tell you, before I was a believer, I, I didn't want to have anything to do with the religion that I saw. I saw a lot of hypocrisy. I saw a lot of rules and regulations and stuff and some mean people trying to push those onto other people and, I saw all that. And I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And you say, well, why are you standing up here today? It's because I met Jesus. (laughs) I wasn't brought into some, you know, religious organisation to to obey the rules. I, I fell in love with a God that was so caring and so compassionate and so forgiving. And it didn't matter what I'd done. And, folks, I'd done plenty. It didn't matter where I came from. and I come from the wrong side of the track. What mattered was that I said yes. That's it. Just said yes. And you might be sitting here today, and I've talked to a lot of people that have said, oh, I went to Sunday school as a kid, but you know. And I get that. I totally understand that. If it's not life to you, why would you hang around? Amen? doesn't matter what what place you go, wherever. If it's not life, if it's not fulfilling, if it's not building you, if it's not elevating you, if it's not producing hope in your life, why would you stay? I've got to tell you, there's a different message. There's a different message. It's the teachings of Jesus Christ. It's not religion. And if you accept that, if you say yes to that, I promise you, your life will change for the better. I promise you. I know I've lived it now 40 years. Through hills and valleys, through storms, through hardships and problems that I've had in my own life, it has definitely got better and better and better. No question. It's the greatest decision I ever made. I never regret that decision ever in my life. And my generation's. So I'm going to close this message right now, but I'd like to ask you, if you're sitting here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, and you may have been turned off by religion, I get that, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. This could be your chance. This could be your opportunity to build a brand new life, to build a brand new life, a better life. Not only for you, but for your generations. All you've got to do is say yes. Now, I'm not going to embarrass you today or anything like that, but I'd love, I'd love for you just to give me a wave and say, yeah, I, that's me. Because if you say that, we'll talk to you afterwards and, and have a coffee or something. Are you here today? Is that, is, is that you? You're saying, no, nah, look, I'm going I'm to say yes to a better life. For a brand new start. This is your opportunity. Is that you? Give me a wife Over there. Thank you, darling. Somebody else? Over there. Thanks, sir. Come on. How about someone else? Please, please don't be embarrassed because there's no need to be. No one, no one is embarrassed about doing the right thing. Amen? We only get embarrassed when we do the wrong thing. This is a right thing. Where are you? Is there any more? There's a couple we'll talk to after the service. Are you here? Amen. Thank you for that. Now I'm going to invite uh Pastor Christianne up. Come on, give her a great big hand. And just let me say before she takes over the rest of the service, how good were the carols last Sunday night? <laughs>